0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hooter Huddle Podcast. We are five episodes into the 2018 uh, football season, which started, you know, in January with recruiting today. We are gonna talk a little bit about how spring practice went. IU ended their spring practice a little over a week ago with their annual spring game. We'll also talk the NFL draft. The NFL draft is coming up. Dan Moglione from uh, allmediany.com will join us. Talk about Hoosier players draft prospects on uh, in this year's draft. and uh, Where they might go. Uh, what that they might play on, and strengths that they'll bring to us. We'll also talk with recruiting uh, with Pigs.com writer Matt Weaver. And right now, um, we bring in TJ Inman. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs, and we're ready to talk football. TJ, how's it going? Yeah,
2: going great. Uh, Definitely thrilled to be uh, back on the show and get this uh, going. I know we're uh, kind of in the process now of kind of gearing back up and having this uh, more regularly. So uh, regular fans of our show can be happy about that. Um, I think this is going to be a really good one. Dan and Matt, obviously, guys, we do, and I know that the, the listeners should get a lot out of this.
1: Yeah, it's a, we have a good show lined up. TJ, I want to talk first about spring practice. Um, yeah. I have digested it for the last, uh, eight or nine days and I you know going into spring practice I wiped the slate clean for 2017 um, and I wanted to see how these young guys are, are going to look uh, you know who might be in the mix uh, at, at linebacker or on defense on the defensive line on offense running back at quarterback all of these different pieces you know, special teams, all from So I went in with an open mind, you know, no expectations, no predictions, uh, nothing like that. So, you know, my, my big takeaway was that this is going to be a really young uh, team in spots. At quarterback, you know, it's nice to get Brandon Dawkins. We haven't, he didn't participate in spring, but late in spring, IU picked up him as a grad transfer from Arizona. But you had, you know, Peyton Ramsey. And Michael Penix going at each other throughout spring. Um, and Penix really shot up the depth chart, passing Nick Tronte, uh, and, and kind of leaving him in the dust as, as Ramsey and Penix took, I'd say, the majority, the vast majority of snaps in scrimmage situations, if not all of them. It, it cleared 90% of them. Um, and I just. You know, that competition, we'll see what that brings. At linebacker, to you know, who was replacing Chris Covington and Tigre Scales, and I thought you know, for a while you saw Mo Burnham. He didn't participate in the spring game because uh, he was up. You know, Raekwon Jones had a good spring. Mike McGinnis really, you know, started to live up to his uh, potential a little bit as a junior college All-America player, so that there, there's a, a lot of moving pieces that while you really can't tell what they have in the spring, and, and you can't tell if a team's going to win zero games or 12 games by, by 15 spring practices, but you know where IU wants to play some of these guys, and they do have a, a very good group of incoming freshmen in the fall as well that'll impact the rotation. But it was to see them back on the field, uh, performing, you know, pretty well, and, and all that stuff. So, you know, what were your, your final final thoughts on, on spring practice? Well, I, I'll say that um, for
2: me, the two biggest things to come out of spring, well, I'll give three, uh, how excited everyone is for Michael Penix. Uh, I think that that is um, – not entirely unsurprising given what we kind of heard after he committed to Indiana and after Indiana secured him uh, as part of the recruiting class and the fact that he was an early enrollee, which was huge uh, for his development both immediate and in the long term. Um, So that, that was not surprising altogether, but it was very encouraging to hear uh, everyone that saw him practice was very, very impressed with, Uh, his raw talent and uh, his just the way that he carries himself on the field. Uh, So I I think that that is definitely uh, a bright spot. Now, how far in the future are we talking about? Uh, I thought prior to the second point, which I'm going to bring up, uh, I thought, you know, it was very likely that this year we'd be seeing Penix on the field and we still might um, either in in specific packages or in, in backup duty. Um, but Brandon Dawkins committing to Indiana is a huge deal uh, for this season. I think it really sets Indiana up very nicely at that position, and it was a major get for this coaching staff uh, and for the team and the program. Um, we'll talk about Dawkins more down the line after uh, you know we've had the chance to do some more research on him, but I've watched some Arizona games in the past and then gone back and, and watched a couple of them Uh, since he joined the program and and have also studied his statistics. uh, I'm really excited about what Dawkins can do for this offense. Uh, I think that he has a good course, a good group of weapons around him here in Indiana. Uh, And I I think he's a good fit, very good fit, actually, for uh, DeBoard's offense. I think he compares pretty well uh, to Josh Dobbs, who, the board, had a really successful season with uh, in Dobbs's last year in Knoxville. I think you'll see a very similar uh, plans to what they had there in Tennessee. Uh, and I think a major area that this could really vault the Hoosiers up, which is desperately needed, is in the red zone. I mean, if I use red zone offense with the weapons that they have, at running back, tight end, and wide receiver, uh, plus Dawkins' running ability, if the Red Zone offense still stinks, then I, I, I give up. I don't know what else you could do at that point. Um, but I think it's a big, big plus there. So that's point number two, and then point number three: uh, Indiana comes out of spring, you know, relatively healthy. There were no major injuries that we're aware of at this time. Uh, and you think it, that if there were, they certainly would have come out by now. So no major injuries. There are a couple of scares, no, uh, notably Morgan Ellison. Uh, but he'll be back and ready to go in plenty of time for the season, uh, and that's what you're looking for out of spring, is to make sure that nothing disastrous happens, like losing uh, a key piece to a, a season-long injury, which we've seen happen before to Indiana, uh, and did happen to some uh, some Big Ten teams that the Hoosiers will be facing. Uh, so that those are kind of the three key points. Another one that I, I definitely am uh, excited about and encouraged by. Um, Marcelino Ball back and healthy, and then a couple of guys in the secondary: Burgess, John Burgess, and Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald, Brian Fitzgerald from Avon. Um, adding to a group that I think, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people are going to agree with this, I think this is the best Indiana secondary uh, that they've had in my lifetime. Which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm three-quarters of a man. I'm 30, so uh, it, we're talking about a significant sample size here. I think this is the, the, at least the most talented secondary the Indiana Hoosiers have had. Uh, when you scale, scan up and down that depth chart, there's just a lot of guys, uh, especially once the true freshmen get here, guys like Jalen Williams. Um, it, it's an incredibly deep and talented group I'm very excited to see what they can do. Uh, I think it really is going to make life hard for opposing offenses, uh, particularly ones that are trying to move the ball through the air. If Indiana can get some pass rush, that would certainly help. Uh, And then I I think it um, leaves linebacker as the primary uh, question mark on defense that we're going to have to wait on to see. Uh, And you said McGinnis and Burnham and Jones. Those guys having good springs is certainly encouraging.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and you know, one more question I've come out of spring is in the, the play-taking game, I think punting game should be fine, uh, if not great. Uh, Hayden yeah. Whitehead had a really good uh, rookie campaign last year. This year it seems like he, he still rugby kicks it, but he's added a, a, a normal kick, uh, so to speak, to his arsenal, and he really booms the ball. Um, although a lot of the punting that that we saw was inside. So some of those times the ball has hit the ceiling Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, But when we saw him punt outside or in the stadium, he had some really good punts straight on regular punting as well, which I think is going to help in the long run of not becoming too predictable in the punting where maybe against Maryland – that's why that punk got blocked aside from a, a missed block a block. You could send your guy right to that spot and you know, that's where Hayden Whitehead's gonna kick it. Uh you know in ninety nine percent of the time. So that's what I took away with it. They better hope that Charles Campbell could come in and, and really make a difference. Um, field goal kicking was a struggle all all spring. Uh, we saw Logan Justice struggle. We saw Jared Smoller struggle. Uh, Smoller uh, has college game experience with uh, uh, with Rutgers, but he, he's a guy um, who who might just be relegated uh, to kickoff duty if Charles Campbell could kick field goals uh, and stuff like that. So they're really going to miss Griffin Oaks's, his big leg. Even though he had that shaky 2016 season, he had a really solid – 2015 and then a really 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 good senior year at 2017 um yeah and that's going to be an underrated thing that 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 they miss is is the number of touchbacks he gave them and you know those deep field goals that that he was really really good at last year um and then you have the new kickoff rules which should help iu with, with touchbacks uh if you haven't been paying attention to college football over the past few months. Uh new rules came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh and one of them is that you can now fair catch kickoffs inside the 25-yard line and and it will be brought out to the 25. So essentially if you fair catch it at the 2, uh it will be just like a touchback. So I think that should help IU's kickers if they can kick it high enough. Um you know then you don't have to kick it through the back of the end zone to get out to the 25 uh it, it's going to hurt teams like Ohio State where you see them sky kick it send their best athlete down and and really you know pummel pummel the returner at the 15 yard line other than that you know we'll have to wait and see the fall who who comes in and and who can make a difference along that line you know wide receivers We didn't get to see Nick Westbrook. We didn't really get to see Donovan Hale. We didn't get to see Jason Harris. Uh, Those three guys you figure uh, can can make a difference in that group. uh, Ty Freifogel also didn't practice. So while there weren't any catastrophic injuries coming out of spring, there are a lot of guys who were limited uh, by injuries from last year and getting nicked up um, in spring practice as well. Uh, TJ, another another thing that I noticed, I thought the the offensive line in the running game, uh, it can be, it is going to be much better, and if, adding Brandon Dawkins in that as well is is going to make it that much better. As uh, you know, with the quarterback run threat like Dawkins, and if he gets banged up playing in the Big Ten, Peyton Ramsey, when he's healthy, he he could be a really good running quarterback and can yeah. throw off of that. Um, if he's not healthy, like we saw in the in the last half of last year playing, he just doesn't have the arm skills to uh, you know to to really big be a Big Ten quarterback who could go and win you a game. Uh, but he he was healthy, looked healthy in the spring game when he uh, took off for a 50 I think it was 53 yard touchdown run. So you know and then. The interesting thing is what do you do with Mike Penix? He he won that second spot. He was really, you know, with a with summer offseason to build and grow, he might be able to push uh, Peyton Ramsey for that starting position if he didn't have Brandon Dawkins there. So do you do you redshirt him? Do you give him some game experience, burn the year? You know, it, that, that redshirt rule never Got to the table uh, to get voted on where freshmen could play four games or so and then still have their redshirt available to them. Uh, so it's really going to be interesting what they do with Penix. Did they give them some time? Does IU have a few blowouts or you could put them in and get them some reps for next year? Because uh, experience is still going to be an issue next year. Dawkins will be graduated. Peyton Ramsey, if Dawkins plays all year, Peyton Ramsey has sat a year on the bench, and then you have two cold quarterbacks coming in. Uh, So it's really going to be a fun uh, fall camp and a fun season to follow along.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, I think that the way that they handle Pinnock, a lot of that is going to do with, number one, uh, the health of Brandon Dawkins, whether or not he can stay healthy. I think if he does... If, if Dawkins is healthy, I think he's the guy uh, from the start. My guess would be that if it's strictly spot duty, that that would be Ramsey and that they redshirt Penix. Uh, however, if Penix is close, uh, you know, really close to um, to Dawkins, then you, you might see them just go with that. But I, I do think that that has definitely a long way from being decided. Um, certainly adding Dawkins makes it a little bit less of a pressing question. So um, big addition there. And I I, I think the running game, um, I mean, Lender coming in from Miami is a big addition. I, I just, I, I think this coaching staff really has to be commended for the additions that they uh, put onto this team. You can't have free agency, uh, certainly, but the, the grad transfers are kind of like that, uh, and I'd say that Indiana hit on a, a couple of really big targets uh, that are going to make this season, uh, at least the, the ceiling for this season, much higher than it would have been otherwise.
1: Yeah, at least, you know, you, you figure each of those are worth one or two wins uh, yeah, individually or combined. Uh, Lindor, as long as he stays healthy, he miss um the rest of spring with an upper body injury uh so so we'll see tj in non on the field news uh with iu last week former iu football captain Uh terry Talon made a major gift in support of iu football he gave two million dollars uh that will go towards the terry Talon football complex which is going to be underneath the east stands uh it's going to be a locker room, team hangout, recruiting lounge, team lounge, equipment room, training room, and all that stuff. So that's really going – I use really investing into their facilities. This is a football-only facility, which is huge, um, uh, which is huge because all the other facilities, even though they're in Memorial Stadium, are shared. And so this is a, a spot for the football team only – uh, when recruits come in, they'll, they'll go there. It expands that locker room to all under the East stands. Uh, so it's going to be really, uh, really cool. And when more details of that come out, we'll, we'll do that. But, uh, coming on now, we'll switch to the NFL draft. We have Dan Moglione from, uh, all media NY to talk draft, maybe a little New York Jets football, uh, either that's a blessing in disguise or a total, uh, Little disaster it depends on who's listening, but we want to welcome in Dan, friend of the show, um, to talk NFL draft. Dan, how are you? Pretty good, Sammy. How's it going? It is going uh, pretty well. We could use some more sunshine and less rain out here in the Midwest. I know you guys could use some more weather on the East Coast. Uh, so, NFL draft starts on Thursday. Uh, A handful of IU guys um, were at the Combine, 11 Hoosiers worked out at Pro Day. Um, Just out of that overall group, what is your feeling uh, about the the Hoosier prospects this year?
3: Well, I think there's about, you know, three to five guys that have a uh, chance to be drafted. I think uh, the two guys that are locks would be tight end, Ian Thomas and linebacker. Gray scales, uh, Thomas is the guy that I like the most out of Indiana's uh, prospects. I think he's got the best upside to be, you know, a starter in the NFL and, and maybe not just a starter, maybe be an above average starter. And then I think you got other guys like Sidney Cobbs, Chris Covington, uh, Richard Vance who are not going to go as high, but, but, you know, I think they have a chance to hear, get
1: their name called uh, on Saturday sometime on day, day three before it's all said and done. Well, let's talk about Ian Thomas a little bit. He participated in the, in the senior bowl. He had three catches as a junior at IU two of them came in the bowl game after Kevin Wilson uh, had resigned as, as head coach. And then only he had 25 catches last year, battled some injuries. Uh, what are the strengths he brings to a team who drafts him?
3: Well, what I like about him is he can do it all. He's, he is both uh, kind of a new age tight end in that he can be a, a great pass catcher. He has excellent speed. He has good speed. So he can run. He can stretch the field. He can make things happen after the catch. But, hey, he's also a big kid. He's two hundred, you know, about 260 pounds. So he's got very good bulk, better than most of the tight ends in this class. Um, he's also very strong. So while he's still kind of raw, in terms of his talent, I think he's got the potential there to be a pretty good blocker at the next level as well. So he's, you know, some of these guys that are, that are classified as tight ends, they're really more wide receivers for a team that's looking for a guy that can do both, have an impact in the passing game, as well as still be a good blocker. Thomas, is, Thomas might be that guy. Um, he, he was impressive with a lot of the stuff. Like I said, he ran well. Um, but he, he did it particularly well in the jumps. He had a great vertical jump at 36 inches, good broad jump, and that's a good in- indication of that explosiveness and, you know, more so for tight ends than any other position, especially when they're in that three-point stance where they, you know, might be down as a blocker, but you need that explosion to come out and get into your route. So, uh, you know, I think he's a guy that could go anywhere between the second, maybe some, I see some people have him third, fourth round, um, I think if he slides into, you know, beyond the second round, I think you're getting a steal because of the fact that he is raw. And as you mentioned, you know, he ha- had very little production, junior college transfer, had very little production before last year, had dealt with injuries, so he's somewhat experienced at raw. So it's a little bit of a risk, and you're doing maybe more projection than you would be with some of the other guys like a uh, Mike Geseki from Penn State. But I think the the ceiling is there with Thomas to be a, a top end tight end.
2: Yeah, so it's that, it's that was saying,
1: kind of my ahead, age. when
2: I was thinking about Thomas. That was kind of the primary concern that I would have if I was in an NFL team is the lack of uh, kind of the lack of proven production. Um, and I know that injuries were a big part of that. Unfortunately, he was unable to showcase himself much during his senior season. Um, but you know, still, you, you kind of have to worry if you're an NFL team that it's a guy that has never really shown it on the field and in games, but certainly the talent is there. Uh, a guy that I'm going to ask you about, Simi Cobbs, I, it seems like uh, while he was flat-out dominant in some games for the Hoosiers, uh, and I thought his hands improved quite a bit during his time in Bloomington, where uh, by the end of his career he, he was not dropping uh, very many passes, which was a problem early in his career. Uh, but what I kind of worry with him about um, just does not seem to be much explosive separating speed uh, for him. I, I, what are the kind of the primary concerns that have kind of dropped him down? Because I, I think if you would have asked IU fans uh, before the draft process started where they thought uh, Sidney Cobb would be going, I don't think many would see him as kind of a you know third day prospect.
3: Yeah, I think you you hit it on the head. Uh, the the biggest concerns that he has, and, and the biggest one of all, is that lack of uh, separation skills. Um, he, yeah. He's slow. You know, he's slow. He's faster than we are, but a four six four forty yard dash for a wide receiver is definitely right. on the very slow end for that position. He, he's also not very explosive. So you know, more so than the lack of ability to stretch the field, which I don't think he'll be able to do at the next level. It's that is what you said, it's that separation skill there. When he when the other team comes up and, and bump and run and press coverage, can he get away from that defensive back? Can he give his quarterback an opportunity to um you know to to, to complete a pass? And that's something that's definitely in doubt. And while he has great size, and he has the elite size and he has the ability to go up and get the football, you know, as we've seen with many, many receivers over the years, a lot of these kids that are big in the college level and take advantage of that size, if they can't separate, many of them have, offer zero production at the next level and don't last very long. So that's why you're mm-hmm. probably going to go on day three and maybe even late on day three.
1: Dan, switching to the defensive side of the ball, IU uh, has two linebackers. You mentioned Tigray Scales as the prospect who could be drafted, but Chris Covington is a heck of an athlete and could – Uh, Do you see him sliding in? What is your take on on both of those linebackers? Yeah,
3: Scales is definitely, you know, he's definitely going to get drafted. Probably, I would guess, high on day three. I'm I'm thinking around fourth round for him. Um, He's a little, you know, he's undersized. There's no doubt about that. Uh, He doesn't have height. He's he's light at 230 pounds. Um, What's good for him, and, and he's not overly fast. You know, he's not particularly slow, but, you know, it's not like he's got that elite speed that you could say, okay, well, he's small, but boy, he could fly. He's got adequate uh, speed. So the measurables aren't really there with him, but the kid plays football, right? He knows how to play. He's instinctive. He seems to be very uh, smart. So he's a better football player than he's an athlete. He's also stronger than you think when, you know, when you look at him and, and he hits hard, he can be physical. I think the biggest plus with him is his ability to, to defend the past. He's shown an ability to be good when he drops back in zone coverage. He's got a knack for getting his hands on the football. He's also been, been effective at Indiana when, he, when he's when he been asked to blitz. So I think the trend of the NFL becoming more of a passing league, of uh, teams wanting more of a, a quote-unquote cover type of linebacker, I think that's going to play into his favor. Uh, probably years ago he would have been limited scheme-wise in terms of what type of team he can go to, uh, you know, probably only a 4-3 team where he could play inside or out. Nowadays, you're seeing more and more, you know, teams that have 3-4 schemes going with these smaller linebackers who can move and especially those guys who can cover, you know, a team like the Dolphins or Patriots are looking for – I know Sammy doesn't want to root against Tigray over the next few years in the AFC East, but those are, you know, two teams that for linebackers that could cover, and that's where he might fit in well in in the NFL – As for Covington, you know, uh, Sammy, I think, you know, he's a guy that I've liked a lot and was intrigued about going into the season. And I thought he had a really good year. He brings more of the size that you're traditionally looking for in a linebacker at, at, you know, 245, 250. And he kind of looks like he could probably even put on more weight and get uh, stronger um, get bigger and stronger to fill out, uh, uh, fill out and, and really look like the prototype. He's a former quarterback, and he plays really fast. He's also physical, so, you you know, he's not a finesse guy. When you hear former quarterback, I think people might assume finesse, but he can be physical. Uh, you mentioned his athleticism. He's very athletic. I think he also has the potential and upside to be a good contributor in coverage. The thing with him, uh, even more so than Ian Thomas, uh, is the inexperience, right, because he hasn't even had the whole college career practicing at the position. So he's still very raw. And you can see there's, you know, he still makes some mental, mental mistakes, uh, doesn't diagnose things quickly as as much as you'd like. Sometimes misreads blocking schemes, and all that stuff leads to him being out of position more often than you'd like. I think the thing there is, you know, you he's so raw and inexperienced, and best football is ahead of him. So if you like the potential, some team is going to look at him and say, hey, we can coach this kid up, and maybe he won't be able to contribute a lot as a rookie. Maybe he'll spend a year in a practice squad, but once we coach him up, we're going to get a player who's even more talented than, than his draft grade would indicate. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was talking
2: I going to I be, I, I was just gonna say I'd be shocked if uh, – but I'd be kind of surprised at both of them, but I, I'd be very surprised uh, if T. Grace Scales does not have a long, productive NFL career. I don't know if he'll be a star – uh, at any point, I'd be very surprised right. if he does not have a long, productive NFL career. There's, there's certainly something to be said for um, just knowing what you're getting from a player uh, and taking that and just not worrying about him being a part, a member of your organization for a number of years.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think you know he, he has the makeup of a kid that's probably going to be somebody who can contribute on special teams. Maybe if he's yeah. not a star or a starter, he can he can work in sub packages. I think we're seeing more and more NFL teams not focusing on hey this kid can't do that, focusing on this is what he can do and let's put him
1: in a position to make a play. Yeah, and I, I was talking to to former IU wide receiver Ricky Jones on the sideline for one game. And to go back to your point about Covington being a former quarterback and and maybe, you know, they're a little dainty or whatever. Ricky Jones said that Covington played quarterback like a linebacker. He threw it like a linebacker. He ran like a linebacker. He just did everything hard. Anyway, thanks for uh, joining us uh, and and great stuff on these IU guys. Uh, One last question. Who are the jets taking at three? Who are the? I mean, that's
3: the question that everybody in New York has been asking for uh, the past few months. If you told me what the Giants were going to do with the second pick, I think I'd probably have a better answer for you. Um, if I had to guess, I know the hot name now—the name everybody thinks is going to be Broadway Baker Mayfield—and and I'm not going to say I'm totally against that. I, I
1: still—I
3: know everyone's saying he's going to slide. I still can't imagine the Jets passing up uh, Josh Rosen if he's there at number three, I think he's just too polished, too ready to step in and play um, too kind of made for New York in a different way than Baker. I think if, if Rosen is there and there's a decent chance, he will be, I think that's the guy that Jets are going to pull the trigger on. I guess if I had to give you a one, you know, one beat at that one, a it would be Baker. I think it's going to be one of those two guys. The dart will be all and And I don't think they're going to go Josh Allen. I think he's, he's just too much of a risk. You know, you traded up from six to three. I think he's, for what they gave up, he's too much of a risk.
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Dan.
3: No problem, Sammy. Anytime. I love talking uh, IU football with you guys.
1: Yep. All right. That was Dan Moglion from All Media NY. Now we're quickly going to switch to recruiting with Matt Weaver from peace.com. Uh Matt, welcome into the show. How are you?
4: I'm doing okay, guys. How are you doing? Doing
1: great, thanks, Matt. We're doing excellent. Sammy, Give me some more sunshine, Sammy. But
2: w- one question, Sammy, before we get into recruiting,
1: uh, who do you
2: not want the Jets to take?
1: Christian Hackenberg. I don't want them to take uh, Darnold. I, I think that'd be okay. a mistake.
2: That's who they're taking. Um, um, so Sam Darnold's go to the yeah. Jets.
1: Okay. Uh, Got that
2: yeah.
1: on record, all right. Or, or they're going to – Hackenberg's going to re-enter the draft and the Jets will draft them. So they'll do something <laughs> dumb like that. All right, Matt, we've had a, a, a lot of recruiting news um, for IU. You know, they have two commitments in this class. Um, just w- where do they stand uh, heading into heading into the spring – this end of spring and into the summer?
4: Well, they're usually – I mean – for Indiana, this is about where they usually are. I know a lot of fans kind of get worked up because they see a lot of schools, you know, with seven, eight, nine, ten commits. But, you know, Indiana is a program, and there's a lot of pro- programs similar to them. They're not going to be uh, the type of school that's going to have a lot of commits, that many commits this early on, because you just have to recruit different at Indiana. You know, kids commit to, as Kevin Wilson used to say, they commit to a helmet. And in Indiana, they're not commit to the helmet. They're commit to a relationship. So it takes some time to build that up. Really like the kid, they just got ivory winners. um, out of uh Missouri, six one two ten can run well for a guy his size. Uh, I think he's a really good fit at running back, which is where they uh they expect to play him. Um, you know, and then you go you see you know Emory Simmons who didn't have Indiana's only power five offer, but if you see what he's done in some of these uh the elite regional down in Charlotte, uh just yeah. really opened some eyes with his performance and I say that when he committed, if this kid uh doesn't uh, if he doesn't commit and goes to cancel summer, he blows up and gets probably you know half dozen ten uh, power five offers. And who knows you may still get those. Um, but in the end evaluated them, got in on them early and was able to kind of cherry pick them before everybody else knew about them. So I uh, like the two guys they've got. It's gonna be a smaller class um, as in probably not a full 25. I mean, I guess you could get to 20 but it probably take some attrition to get that far. Um, smaller on the defensive side except for on the D line. they'll they'll, they'll, uh, they'll bulk up their numbers there. The O-line will be the same case. And then, obviously, on offense, you want to get a quarterback and some skilled guys. But, um, you know, I think they're doing a good job. They're out on the road recruiting right now. And I think recruiting is going well. Um, you know, I think you'll see some more commitments pop. Probably as we get into May and June, it'll be interesting with the official visits that you can now take in the spring, um, how that affects mm-hmm. decisions. Because I think some guys will pop early. But, you know, I think the about where they typically are. The last few years, they've done pretty
1: well. So, I think, I think fans should be encouraged by the recruiting. I, I was reading on your board, Matt. You know, there's an argument between people who want all these in-state guys and people who think that recruiting Florida, some of these southern states, where the high school football is really the, the depth there is really really deep, as opposed to some of the, the depth in Indiana, where maybe the top five guys might be, you know, on an even playing field, but. Is there a sense of urgency to get some of these in-state guys? Or is it, you know, let's go pluck where we've had had luck in Florida and Georgia and Tennessee? I think the urgency is just to get good players.
4: And, you know, I mean, just in of my dealings with the staff, I mean, you know, you, you want in-state guys. There's no doubt about it. You'd like to get a David Bell. You'd like to get a Samson name. You'd like to get a Bo Robbins and Cameron Williams and on and on and on. But at the same time, players everywhere. And it's, you know, I mean, you know, you didn't grow up in, in Indiana, you know, TJ and I did. It's not cool in high school to, for Indiana football. I mean, it's just not, guys. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's not, there's a no. lot of negative stuff towards Indiana football in, with high school kids. And it's just because the program's not been good for so long. And it's not a cool thing. That's why, you know, like when Antonio Allen committed, uh, I call it a courageous decision, because not many guys in his shoes would have done that. They wouldn't have flipped to Indiana, and it's 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 you know it's going to take, I mean, it goes back to the same thing. It's going to take some years of success, some winning, to make it more where it's kind of hip to go to Indiana and play football when you're a state kid. So you keep recruiting, them. there's no doubt about it, but you can't sit around and let them dictate the recruitment. I mean, yeah, some guys are really good, and you're going to wait for a while, but at some point, you know, you've got to fish or cut bait. I mean, pretty much. you got to make the decision, and you know, uh, if there's a guy in Georgia or Florida or somewhere else that's, that you really like, um, you know what, you got to take him. I mean, a bird in the hand, you just can't wait. Especially, you know, when you're in your, a little bit of a smaller class. I mean, I guess you can be more picky to wait a little bit longer. But if you've only got, you know, if you're if you're recruiting for one or two spots and there's a guy you really like and he's ready to pop, man, it's a risk if you don't take him. Especially, you know, if he's, if he's, if, um, if he's an out-of-state kid, he's ready to go. Um you know, like a perfect example could be Jordan Jakes, the receiver I did a story on from Georgia. I mean, they like him. If he wants to commit, they'll take him. Now, could that affect their ability to take a Bryce Kurtz and or David Bell? Absolutely. But the bottom line is, if he's ready to commit and they really like him, they're going to take him. And if those guys are still, you know, kind of waiting on their decision, that's their prerogative. It's their their life, their decision. But the bottom line is, Indiana's not going to wait forever, and nor should they.
1: Yeah, and that's, yep. you know, another thing why this season is so big for IU is uh, you came off a disappointing 2017 campaign where you didn't make a bowl, and maybe this year you, you put together a good recruiting class off of the disappointing season, and if you go to a bowl this year, that's three and four years, which hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, Speaking about facilities, Matt, um, Terry Tallon just gave $2 million for you know, that, that football complex underneath the East stands, how much does that go into, um, you know, changing the perception of both these in-state group, uh, in-state recruits, and then, you know, how much does it impress these guys who might not know as much about Indiana football coming up on official visits, you know, from the South and other states?
4: Well, it's huge because, while well, a lot of fans, when they talk about facilities, they, they they think of the actual stadium. For recruits, the facilities are the things that fans don't see. The locker room, the meeting areas, where they eat, where they study, where they spend the majority of their time. I mean, they're only in the football stadium, you know, what, a dozen times or not half a dozen times a year. They may be sometimes for practice, but they're not in there that much. They're in the locker room, the weight room, their position meeting rooms, you know, that, those kind of areas, their lounge area. And this, you now it won't be done, obviously, this year, the locker room because, obviously, with the new bed of weight, after this season, but um, this new locker room is going to be really, really, you know, fantastic. I mean, it's going to be a lot bigger. The, you know, the I locker room now is nice. It's just not very big because of where it's located in the stadium. You know, you, you had to figure out a way to go to add on because you can't go backwards or frontwards because of the way it's kind of landlocked. So um, it's going to be huge. And having this lounge, I mean, I, my understanding is the, the locker room is basically going to go all the way into the Hoosier room, which you know, we've all been in there. And it's obviously that's a pretty big... Uh, big space to use and it's just going to make everything you know it's that's the kind of stuff that recruits look at i mean it's going to i'm sure they're going to have like tvs and ping pong tables or whatever it is they have in there for those guys to hang out and have fun but that's the kind of stuff it doesn't seem big but it's big to these guys because that's the creature comforts that they're looking for those are the kind of bells and whistles they want and that's the kind of stuff that indiana's got to provide and, and kudos to them for doing it
1: uh, yeah, I think that's gonna be huge. You mentioned a smaller class. Um does that mean they're they're gonna be quicker taking guys or, or take their time and, and really get the guys they wanna they wanna get?
4: Well, I think it could be a little bit of both. I mean you could be a little bit more picky, but like if you've got let's say you've got two or three guys, for instance, I mean my understanding is they're gonna take one corner, one safety, one linebacker in this class. That's pretty
1: much it. Now, wow. attrition
4: could change that. Now, if you have a guy, you know, who has a career ending injury or maybe a guy's unhappy and transfers or something like that, attrition could always change that. But right now, going into the recruiting period, that's where they're at. I mean, it's going to be a smaller defensive class. So if you think one safety, one corner, one linebacker, then you're probably talking, I would guess, four D linemen because you're losing about three or four. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if one of those D linemen if they try to get a JUCO just to get an experienced guy in there because they'll be a, they're going to be talented on the D line, but a little bit young after this year. Um, so you know you're talking probably around maybe eight guys on defense, you know roughly. Um, uh, if you want to if you want to include a long snapper, they will take a They will scholarship a long snapper in this class. If you want to include him on the defensive side, that's that's another one right there. So you know at safety, there's two or three guys. If you know if Nick Toomer wanted to pop, they'll take. Him. They take him right now. You know, I mentioned, you know, in offense, I mentioned Jordan Jakes. Now, receiver, receiver, they're, they're going to take three guys. So they got one. They got two spots. But, you know, they really like David Bell. They really like Bryce Kurtz. But, like I said, if, if Jordan Jakes wants to take the spot, it's his. He's going to get one of those two. I mean, it's kind of, you know, that game where you play the music and you're all dancing around the chairs. And when it stops, whoever sits down gets it. That's kind of where they're at with some position. So, you know, with a with smaller class, you can be picky. But you can also kind of take guys – and fill that spot if you can, that would be ideal. You get it over with and you can kind of move on to your next position or, you know, move on to another priority. Yeah, definitely
2: not a a bad problem to have. Uh, I I think definitely you mentioned this earlier, uh, it seems like based on the the current roster, things are in uh, pretty good shape you know, adding Ivory Winters, and I think they probably are going to look at maybe a second running back, perhaps uh, more of a speed back type guy, kind of a similar to uh, maybe Craig Nelson that's currently on the roster, so kind of a uh, in that same type of role. Uh, but it looks like the bulk of the class is going to be focused on uh, interior defensive line and, uh, you know, replenishing the offense for maybe five guys there. Uh, would that be accurate then that they're going to be maybe another running back and then you mentioned uh uh, being picky about who they take uh on defense outside of the interior d line and then the uh the offensive line is that probably your best guess of what the class ends up looking like construction wise yeah yeah
4: i mean i think o-line i mean if you look at it you're losing uh west martin um nick linder um uh, Delroy Baker and Brandon Knight for sure. Now, could a fifty or a fourth year junior decide not to come back for that fifth year? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean that's something that you know they decide during the season or after the season. But I think four guys. Right. You know, the, the addition of Zed and Dellinger, I heard that they were kind of poking around some some JUCO alignment. I don't know if that takes him out of that that mix um, because he's basically like a JUCO. I mean, he's going to come in as a walk on. Yeah. He's going to he's going to sit out this year um, as a red shirt. He'll be a red shirt sophomore. Or I'm sorry, red shirt freshman. Um, you don't have three years to play three, but you get the advantage of getting him in and letting him work with the strength conditioning staff, learn the offense, just get acclimated to things, and then he's got a three-for-three three guy, so it's almost better than a Juco, and he was a legit Power Five guy coming out of high school. I mean, he had a number of Power Five offers, kind of basically got caught up in the coaching change thing at the, right before signing day and you know was committed to Cincinnati, could have gone to Illinois. Um, you know, I know Hiller would recruited him in a couple of different places. He ended up at Western Michigan because it just kind of late that late in the period when you have coaching changes. But I think he's a good get. Um, you know, I think if this is a kid that if he went to a JUCO this year as was a bounce back, he'd probably have a bunch of power five offers. So, I think Indiana, getting him as a transfer, especially to walk on for the first year is really nice. So, yeah, I'd say about four old linemen, probably one tight end. Attrition maybe could change that. Two more receivers. A speed back, like you said, TJ. You know, like a, a smaller guy that could play slot or play – you know, just like you said, Craig Nelson, I mean, you know, they love to get like Wondell Robinson. He's kind of blown up, the kid from Louisville, or from, I'm sorry, I think he's from Frankfort, Kentucky, not Louisville. Um, but he's really blown up. But somebody like that, obviously a quarterback. Then um, on defense, you know, at least, I would say at least three, if not four. And I wouldn't be shocked if there was a fifth one in there. But I'd say around four would be my guess. And then, like I said, one at each of those other spots. And So you're looking right there around a class of what, about 15, 16, 17? could uh-huh. maybe push it up to 20. Um but yeah, I think I think your numbers are pretty close to uh what I think is gonna happen. Yeah, or, I'm sorry, look like.
1: Awesome. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, final thought heading into the summer from spring practice. Um what did you take away from spring practice this year? Um, well
4: I mean I took you know, there was they, I,
1: there's obviously on defense a lot of young guys getting snapped. A
4: lot of uh, a lot of new faces. Um, you know, I, I thought it was encouraging that um, uh, Coach Allen said um, when he was asked a position that really stood out for him, O-line. Because I think O-line is going to be, and it's you can say this every year, but I think it's going to be the key to this team. I think if the O-line comes together, plays, um, you know, plays at a, at a certain level, which I think they can with the experience they got back and they've got some talented guys, you bring in a Brandon Dawkins. I think this running game is a chance to be really good. Uh, maybe not the, you're not going to have a Tevin Coleman type, obviously, or even a, a Jordan Howard, but you can have a nice collection of backs that puts up some good numbers and really a, a uh, versatile group of backs who can do different things. And then you add in what Brandon Dawkins can do, running the ball, and I think he can throw it well enough. Linebacker, obviously, you know, you wonder about that, but I think they've got some guys here. It's going to be more of a rotational thing there. I don't think you're going to have a, obviously, you're not going to have a T. Gray or a Chris Covington who really stand out or stud. But I think they've got, they're bringing in some young guys who they really can play. But I love the secondary. I think this is as much talent as I've seen in India secondary years. I mean, they've got a bunch of guys who can really play in their ad. I mean, the, the guys that are coming in may be more talented than some of the guys that are already on the roster, which is, you know, it's really amazing to see the job they've done recruiting there. So D-line, um, you know, if they can get some pass runs, right? Miles Sykes can be the guy I was two years ago. You know, I, I think they'll be fine on defense. Like I said to me, it was encouraging to hear the O-line is really kind of stood out for coach Allen and the coaching staff and you know now you just gotta have a good summer um, get Brandon Dawkinson get him acclimated as quickly as possible and you know hopefully stay healthy in fall camp and get rolling you know first of September
1: all right well thanks Matt for uh for joining us uh today and for that awesome uh recruiting update enjoy the rest of the day hopefully the sun comes out at some point so you can go golf uh and enjoy the rest of your evening I appreciate it. Hey, I just want—do you got your Hackenberg jersey ready for the draft on Thursday? Uh, well, I used it to wash my car the other day, so I think I might need to put it in the washing machine. Um, but yeah, okay, we're, we're ready to go for the draft. <laughs> I appreciate all it, right. guys. Take care. Have a great night. All right, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. All right, great stuff as usual from Matt Weaver of peaks.com. You can read all your all his stuff there. Uh. Just knows a ton of stuff about IU football, about recruiting, very locked in. Uh, TJ, that brings this show to an end. Um, And, you know, it it goes way too fast sometimes. Uh, We'll be back throughout the summer to go over college football news, IU football news, uh, do our previews. We're about 134 days away from kickoff, I believe. And uh, we have a very exciting lineup of off-season content, and I'll let you uh, do the sign-off.
2: Well, I I will just say, I wonder if Matt appreciates that uh, we did not ask him where Romeo Langford was going to college. I wonder if he appreciated that. (laughs) It's probably the first time he's done an interview where he has not been asked about Romeo Langford in quite a while. And there, for an IU podcast, I just got in the obligatory Romeo Langford reference. By the way, folks, I think he's going to IU. So buckle up for that ride. Uh, I, I think it was a great podcast. Love having those two guys on, Matt and Dan, uh, enlightening us. And it should be a, a good, uh, good NFL draft day for uh, at least a few Hoosiers. Uh, we wish them luck on their, uh, their NFL career, certainly. And uh, for the next group of Hoosiers, uh, the offseason continues, the development continues. And uh, Hoosier Huddle will be there to cover all of it. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back uh, here either next week or the week after that uh, to talk more IU football.
1: Uh, yep. And that does it uh, for tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier_Huddle. underscore Huddle. Uh, find us on Facebook as well. Um, and, and just keep coming back. And we, we enjoy doing this, and we enjoy interacting with uh, our fans as well. So Have a a great Monday evening and enjoy the NFL draft on Thursday uh, this weekend. And we'll have college football back before we know it.